Hello and welcome to the Perth to Paisley podcast, episode number 82, as I'm still tired after my journey up to Dingwall to watch Hearts draw with Ross County for the second time this season in the Highlands. I am Danny McIver, as ever, joined by Adam Kennedy. Adam, how you doing? I'm alright, mate. What, uh, what about yourself? I'm doing good. Uh, as I say, I had a very long day on Saturday, a 13-hour round trip, if you include the game itself, but what a laugh it was. 13 hours for 90 minutes. Wow. Puts things out of perspective, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it really, really does. But we'll get to that. We've got a lot of talking points. We're going to speak about, obviously, the game that happened at the weekend. We've got a discussion that could affect the general of Scottish football, to be honest, upcoming as well. And then we'll finish by previewing... The kind of dress rehearsal derby, as some are calling it. but The, the less important of the yes. horrendously terrifying two. Yeah. Basically, I. Before we get to that, we of course have to go around the grounds. Because everybody was playing at the weekend. And by the way, before I get bullied for how pale my face apparently is, I'm now clicking onto the... Oh my goodness! Casper the Ghost, is that you? Exactly, I'm now the palest man alive and thanks to everybody who was very quick to be like, you're pale! He was like, yep, yes I am, thank you. But anyway, everybody was playing and there was, the Saturday especially was a very exciting game of fixtures. Um, Motherwell finally won in 2022. It took them till April but they finally did it. And they did it in the most motherable way possible in an insane six-goal thriller as they beat St Mirren 4-2, five goals in the first half. Then it was kind of the story of draws as Aberdeen twice surrendered the league to bottom of the league Dundee in quite a controversial game. We obviously drew with Ross County. Hibs joined us in a one-all draw as they drew with Dundee United. Again, a game marred by controversy. And then finally on the Saturday... Perhaps the most controversial game of them all in terms of a decision that I'm sure Adam will speak about soon. St Johnston continued their recent run of form as they beat Livingston at home. And then, of course, on Sunday, it was the old firm as an old firm happened with controversy was very much the word of the day during it as Celtic kind of won the league title at Ibrox as they won 2-1. Adam, what did you make of all the games? Um, before we talk about sort of each individual game, I'm going to say two correct scores in my Who Scored previews Look this, at you. this weekend. Pretty, pretty pleased with that. One coming on the Saturday um, with Hibs and Dundee United drawing one apiece at Easter Road. Call that. And I actually got the old firm bang on as well, which, yeah, was quite something. Um I also backed Aberdeen to score twice at Dens. However, I did not see them conceding one, let alone two. So that was hilarious. Um, Hibs United, I expected. I did have Motherwell to win, um, but I did certainly did not see six goals arriving at Fur Park. Um, <laughs> rather, uh, rather, just the one. I had Motherwell oh, okay. win that one nil. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> so when I saw that St Mirren took the lead after three minutes or whatever it was, I was like, "Oh, yeah. that's 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 great." They took um, your prediction personally and were like, "Right, we're going to prove that we're class." Eamon Brophy has, has heard you yeah. slagging him off on the podcast and was like, "I'll prove Adam right, but I'll prove his prediction wrong." Yeah. Um, 
and I also had St. Johnson to beat Livingston. However, looking back, why I didn't just put 1-0, it would have been the most plain scoreline to see. I did have Saints to beat Livy by two goals to one. Uh, Livy easily could have and should have had a penalty, which could have resulted in a goal. Um, that handball is an absolute disgrace. So we didn't, honestly. obviously, I was up in Dingwall, but we were listening to sports sound on the way back. So we just heard all of the panellists going, it's the worst decision you've ever seen. And then Martindale came on and was just a ball of rage for five minutes. Who, who is it took the interview? Was it Ali Defoy? And I, I yeah, it was he, Ali, even yeah. name drops Ali. <laughs> even name drops Ali. And he's just like... Like what? <laughs> I think that was as close to a kind of tread on thin ice interview as we could have expected from David Martindale. To be honest, he knows full well that if he goes tonto, you know there'll be wrist slaps aplenty. So he did well to. Yeah. I was going to say keep calm, but he didn't really. He's got every right to go as as nuts. As oh he yeah, did. I don't think anybody was disagreeing with him. No. Um, and that being said, like the old firm as well. When I saw two goals after seven minutes, I was like, why did I only predict three goals in this game? But then, uh, yeah, a bit like our match, the first half was a, an absolute cracker and the second half just sort of fizzled out into real nothingness in the end. Um, so yeah, God bless the cinch. Love the fact that Motherwell have won once this calendar year and are now back in contention for a European place. It really is incredible. Um, and there truly is no league quite like the Scottish Premiership, as I'm sure we'll come on to later as well. And yeah, in amongst all of that, all these interesting games with everything happening, <sighs> we had... At least, as Adam said, a first half of all that and one moment in a second half as we travelled to Dingwall to play Ross County. This season's been... I feel like the two prior games against Ross County have also been quite interesting. Obviously, lots of goals between them. So, before we get into anything, you said 2-1 last week on the podcast. I also said 2-1, but you said a win. I said a loss. The team then comes out. Now, is it was there three changes made? Uh, to... Two, I think. Benny and Atkinson dropping out for Cochrane and Civic, is it? But Haring also start. But I thought Cochrane didn't start against Livy. I can't oh. remember. Basically, this oh. is the team. The team was BBC have it down as a three four three. I don't think it was. I think it stayed in this four two three one. It was Gordon and goals, Civic and Cochrane as fullbacks with Halkett and Kingsley. In the middle is two centre-halves, Haring and Halliday as the two centre-mids. Then a three of McInef wide right, Barry Mackay wide left, with Boyce in the ten behind Ellis Sims. Do you know what's that, got you, sorry, do you know what's got you confused? Is that what? Halliday was listed as a left-back against Livingston, but he'll have moved into midfield. That's so, what it was. So Beningame and Atkinson were the, the two that dropped out, yeah, for Cochrane yeah. and Civic at left and right-back respectively. That makes sense. What did you think when you saw the team? And did you have any clue what formation we were playing? No. <laughs> to, to answer your latter question, um, yeah, I, I think that pretty much sums it up. We just, you know me, I, I, I love slating the hearts graphic whenever I can. <laughs> However, when everybody saw that collective list of names, I don't think there was a single soul who was going to guess exactly what we were playing. Um 
yeah, I think I've learned sort of as the season's gone on, sort of approve the names and then watch as the game's kicking off where everybody's lining up and gauge something from there. Because that seems to be the kind of, the kind of I don't know, common common ground pair of hearts like naming the starting eleven every week. Everybody's so quick to be like, right, we've seen the names, what formation are we playing? And then you'll get like a whole host of stuff that comes back. Some of it you could sort of see, some of it makes no sense whatsoever, but that person's adamant that they're right. Um but yeah, I I, I was a bit surprised that um Atkinson was out. I didn't realise that, that was the case, obviously we've now learned that it's through illness and whatever. Um, but yeah I think my main sort of um, main thing to keep an eye on I guess was who was starting in midfield in my Congolese King's absence God bless him I think that's fair um, yeah I, th- I actually didn't realise Atkinson was missing I was reading the team and just kind of I don't know if I just presumed he would be in so I was thinking God where does everybody fit in I think it's this and I was like Oh wait, Sibic starting, and that threw everything off. Is that because of his squad number being twelve, and it's sort of halfway up north yeah, down maybe. the list, and it's it gets lost in like that? I think what was it? A view from the terrace called like fourth to tenth, the glob. The glob. It, it yeah. gets lost in the glob somewhere, and you can't really <laughs> you can't really see him. He's just assuming that he's starting in, in Smith's absence. Um. So yeah, that that was maybe a little bit of a a bit of a concern with Sibic at right back given we've only really seen him at centre-half and in his first spell at the club uh, in a central midfield berth. So, yeah, uh, perhaps the full-backs, because they've not been playing all that regularly, and, again, given, you know, County love going down the wings through Charles Cook, I know that Hungbo was on the bench, that perhaps was my, my primary concern heading into it. Again, and like I say, who is in front of the back four? If it even was a back four. That's very fair. And we almost got off to the perfect start. And I'll be honest, we're here days after it. And I still don't understand how we didn't get off to the perfect start. As in the third minute, Kingsley plays a fantastic switch to Aaron McInerney on the far on my near side as I was in the second last section before the corner flag. So I was right on that side. And McInerney plays an excellent first-time oh. ball across the face of goal and all Boyce has to do is as long as he angles any body part towards the goal it's going in but I don't know if he was like oh I'm back in Dingwall I have to defend this goal he sticks his foot out in almost a defensive clearance and it ends up behind him and I don't know I've watched the highlights back obviously but I couldn't really tell if it picks it up but being there, Boyce just sat down for 15 seconds. He just doesn't get back up. And I'm like, nah, that can't have happened. Like, I've just somehow ended up here, but I didn't touch it. How does he not score? Uh, you tell me. I, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how Boyce has escaped major criticism for this. I feel as though, like... The because fan he's base, still class. But the fan base didn't like really leap upon him. Like any other hard striker of the past ten to fifteen years, they'd have been like, Oh, for sake, insert name here, you useless donkey. Aye, like, because all other strikers combined <laughs> haven't scored as many as Boyce has. So that's <laughs> what it is. But I could not believe it. 
No. I, I love the fact that we, we... I actually think that we started this game pretty well. It seemed yeah. as though we were going to be on the front foot. And that was even reflected in us taking that throw in quickly. It's then worked back to Stephen Kingsley, whose distribution is amongst the best in our team, no question. Lovely ball, like you say, to McInef. Very impressed with the volley over to Boyce in the first place. And he, he lays it on a plate from... I could not believe my eyes. I have no idea how he scores. It, surely he would be adamant that it takes a bobble. I think that's every striker's like first instinct. <laughs> if they missed a sitter and it's flashed across the face of goal, you'll just be like, ah, it's, it's bounced up unexpectedly. I couldn't adjust my body, this, that and the other. But watching it live, I was screaming. I was thinking, how on earth have you missed that? Could not it, believe it. It was crazy. And... Yeah, I don't even know what to a, add. A dare I say it, if, had Sims missed that chance, he'd have got even more dog's abuse as well. Uh, I don't of know co- if it's because of his big banana feet or, or what I just it is. think it's. I just think it's because Boyce has been routinely our best player on the park. So, like, for example, I'll, I'll happily say it. I'm much more forgiven to players like Boyce, Halkett, Kingsley, Mackay, if they don't have as good a game as comparison oh. to people like Woodburn and stuff like that. And I oh. think that's just... Think, we'll get to him later. We'll get to him later. <laughs> I feel my blood boiling already. I think that's just the way football fans work. Everybody's biased in all aspects, and that includes your own team. You're going to shy away from the mistakes your favourite players make and focus more on the mistakes the players that you don't like as much make. And Boyce has been our best player the last two, three years, barring Gordon, probably. So everyone's just like... Oh, boys, it's a bit rubbish, but it's all right, mate. Don't worry. And then what he does later on in the game to keep it as a draw, I think kind of cancelled yeah. it out. Yeah, he somewhat redeems himself. I think that's interesting what you say because I don't even feel... I feel like Boyce also needs a couple chances before he bags one sometimes. He either looks like well up for it and you're confident that he'll just tuck one instantly or a few will drop and you'll be like, it's fine. He'll, he'll get another chance later on and he'll take that. The one thing is if the chances weren't coming. Yeah, yeah. And again, I think perhaps we we're just sort of that little bit more lenient because it's so early on in the game and we've made yeah. what looks to be a promising start. Um, if that's in the 80th minute and we're 1-0 down, he gets a lot oh, more stick. 100%, 100%. Or if we're in dire need of the win. Yeah. As well, you know our, our league position and the points, the points total that we've accumulated so far. I genuinely think it, Hearts fans are just like, who gives a shit anymore? The league's done. Let's just have a laugh. And as we said before we came on, there's that big fixture that's looming. Like yeah. that's that's the main concern right now. Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> when you couple all these things together it makes it seem ridiculous that we're literally coming to our strikers defence for missing such a sitter who cares but that's, that's the mindset and what yeah. we're, that's where we are just now it's just give a- them all a big cuddle no one gets any criticism they're all the best players in the world to make them feel good ahead of Hamden yeah <laughs> but just as well you get that last bit in there till yeah. till 3 o'clock on Saturday the 16th and yeah. then they'll know whether they've done well or not Exactly. However, someone who didn't do well in this moment, in the 14th minute, Halliday loses the ball in the middle of the park and Reagan Charles Cook capitalises on it incredibly quickly, drives forward as he's done all season before the ball is eventually 
blazed over by Tilson. Ross County's kind of first major chance. That was that was closer than I think it looked at first glance. Yeah, it, it I think it's because Gordon there. is clearly he knows it's going over. So I think people are thinking, yeah. oh, that, that there was no chance of it, but it's actually reasonably close he's like Gordon's comfy but it's not a million miles away by any by any stretch um a decent strike and what you'd said about Reagan Charles Cook I know we're sort of talking about the early exchanges within the game but I'm very impressed with how we kept Charles Cook at bay you know he did nothing no exactly and that's the division's top scorer county's main man by by some distance um and considering Toby Civic isn't a right back by default, yeah. he's playing in a position that's not his um, due to two other absences. I thought he coped with the threat of Charles Cook pretty well on the afternoon. Definitely, I think that's fair. And talking about our right back, moving across to the opposition's right back, who used to be our right back, he was involved in the first major <laughs> the moment of the game. Flashbacks, Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Hey, he played in the 4 0 win, so he's a legend. I, and I knew that you were going to say that. I hate Conor Randall. I absolutely. Like, I'm See, always when you get our fans that played. were adamant that he was decent as well. Nah, no, no. He was never good for he us was ever. Rotten. Yeah. Sorry. Well, he was terrible here as Halkett puts his John Suter boots on as he switches a great ball out to the far left hand side. He's chalking him as well. Like, he shows Barry Mackay. Yeah, I don't know what where, he's doing. Where he wants. Barry McKay takes it, gets past someone, I don't know, actually know who it is, and then Conor Randall, right, it's soft. It's a soft penalty. When we were there, I was, I immediately was just like, that's a penalty, that's a penalty. But then, word started like, you were checking your phone and stuff like that, and you start seeing people go, that was really soft. And seeing it again, there is contact, but it's minimal. Yeah. Yeah, Look, that's that is pretty much spot on. I I was screaming for it again. I don't know whether this is because the boys miss is still haunting me, let alone him. Um, but yeah, upon second glance, I don't think there's a lot that that Connor Randall really does wrong, other than show him where Barry McKay probably wants. And to he go. move. He it's makes not, a motion to move across him, which yeah, I think knackers him. It's not as though he swipes his legs. Nah. Because then there's absolutely no doubt. Yeah. Again, it appears as though there's a coming together at first, but not really. And I, no. I sort of agree with Laurie in commentary when he said that Barry Mackay was on the way down prior to yeah. any form of challenge taking place. So it was soft, um, but my concern was more with Barry Mackay stepping up to take the spot kick, if I'm honest. Well, I, I, I'm a big fan of Barry Mackay's. I love watching him play. Everybody knows that, and I've made my feelings you know, abundantly clear several times. But I think when it comes to me, as a fan, watching somebody taking a penalty kick, I'm wanting that bit of conviction. Not somebody that's just going to smash it aimlessly, but knows exactly where they're going to place it and just gets enough on it. And I'd didn't get that impression when he stood up to take that. I thought that his penalty would be essentially what we got from with his attempt from 12 yards, if I'm honest. I, I'm looking for a bit of power and placement. And whilst there was an attempted placement, there wasn't a great deal of power. And unfortunately, we all know what happened. Well, yeah, justice was kind of done as Barry McKay was the player to step up. 
he just kind of passes it to Ross Laidlaw. Laidlaw yeah. goes to dive fully into the corner and then halfway through realises, oh, I can actually just drop here and basically parry it. And I, listen, there's been a lot of discussion in, over the season, to be honest, about who should our penalty taker be. Boyce has missed a few. I am of the opinion that Boyce should still be taking them. I feel like I'm just one of those people. It's like striker, top goal scorer, take the penalties. Like I think Boyce is a good penalty taker. He's had a couple unlucky ones. I and listen, I may be reading into too much stuff here, but I think Boyce wasn't happy about not taking it. Kingsley had to walk him away after Boyce tried this to is take what the I, ball. This is what I want to know: is it a decision that's made on the day, or is Robbie? just said makers takers or what's what's the I think here? it's it seems to now be if you win it you take it makers, which takers. I hate I yeah, absolutely I'm not, hate I'm not that. too keen on that either I, I'd like a designated penalty taker but again I'm with you like I don't really know who it should be boys boys I don't know I, I, again like Craig Halkett took penalties for Livingston and is in a rich vein of form um, I personally think that Stephen Kingsley is one of our best strikers of the ball. But again, does that cup final pen, does that still resonate yeah. in his mind? Um, I have another I've got, person. I've got no qualms with about Barry Mackay from set pieces. Like, I don't, no, don't of get course. twisted. Yeah. You know, his corners are, are a potentially a floated free kick or whatever. But I just, I didn't get a confident feeling as soon as I saw him grab the ball. And that's terrible to say, but that's honestly just how I felt. I, 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 it's not even like we won it and I was celebrating winning the penalty. I think if... I would have Boyce on them, right? If Boyce is in the park, I would have Boyce taking them. But if he's not, I would have someone else who I think has never missed a penalty for us. And he's taken a few, and they always seem to be quite good. And the added bonus that he is now... So, Pokemon evolve into better versions of themselves. Peter Haring has devolved to his 2018 form. I was waiting. And he's now got his hairband back. And honestly, I'm saying it now because he doesn't really... I think Haring was man of the match. He was never involved in a major highlight, so I, I don't really mention him in my notes. But I'll say him now. I thought he was man of the match. We've offered him a deal... So Robbie listens to the podcast, which is great to hear. And his hairband's back. It makes him look so much younger. It's unbelievable how much younger he looks. He's beautiful. He's great. And he's good at pens. Remember, he's penning his Livingston. I watched this game with my missus on Saturday and she could not believe the amount of hoo-ha that was made surrounding Big Pete and his hairdo for one. Um, it's justified. It's fully justified. It was get, the main reason I was there. Okay, <laughs> yeah, you'd got word of mouth that he'd been to the barbers, hadn't you? Exactly. I, I heard. Yeah. I found out. So I was like, right, I'm definitely yeah, making yeah. the trip now. You, like a couple contacts and whatever. Yeah, that's my that. source. Uh, <laughs> I find that. Out. Um, I, I, again, delighted to hear that he's been offered a deal. And uh, look, the only. The only kind of hindrance that he had was the foul that led to you know what. Aye, but that's soft. Again, like he and defending a set piece, he can't really be held accountable for that. No. If we're being honest, um, yeah, like like Big Pedro always have. I, it's whether he signs or not. 
That's that's the thing. Yeah, he I... will. Five year deal. Cannot fucking wait. He's going to be made captain and player manager. It's going so to be I, incredible. Are, are you wanting to see him alongside Lloyd de Moore next season then? That is the duo. That is the absolute duo going into Europe. Peter Van Haring and Loic de Moore. Cannot wait. It's going to be fantastic. What a time to It is. Alive. You can't deny that to class. <laughs> That's an amazing situation to be in. I cannot wait to shell out my hard-earned dough to watch Hearts take on some absolute job... Well, I'll say that. No, Benfica! Demure and Haring against Benfica. It's going to be amazing. Absolutely ragged. Yes, those Benfica players will be ran ragged by the (laughs) two-man power trip that is... Right, anyway, we're we're digressing here. Anyway, we're digressing away because this is when Hearts became a bit rubbish. Very rubbish. That penalty (laughs) miss changed the entire complexion of that first... Well... I'm dis- yeah, I was about to say no. Yeah. It changed the ten-minute period. It changed the complexion of until then they scored. It's as though we went into a slump and then got woken up again as soon as they broke the deadlock and then decided, oh shit, hold on a second, we need to kick on here. Yes, I think that's very fair because they hit the post from a corner almost immediately after. That, that but, was oh, insane. I'm delighted you brought this up. Actually, why do we leave the back post unmarked? Most clubs do now. I you don't know? care. It does my tits in. Dundee I don't United care did what... when uh, Halke equalised against Well, good. Uh, great. That, that, that strengthens my case. It goes to show what can happen. It, honestly, it irks me. I think... Not even so, just watching Hearts, because like you say, there's a lot of teams that do it. You see if it I'm at the top level game, as well. That... Oh, no. No. You see it at the top level. They don't put men on posts anymore. I remember PSG... Um, beat Man City or something or Bayern beat someday and every goal came from the fact that there was no one on the posts and the justification I I think for it is that now it's there is yes you might concede but it's better to not have men in the posts as it means that there's a higher chance to catch the opposition offside because if you've got men on the post it's basically impossible for the opposition to be offside in the box so if you take the men off the post, if you can defend it, it means there's a higher but chance how, that it will be offside. How often do you see teams ruled as being offside from a corner? I don't know. Anyway. I think it's like I, I remember Guardiola speaking about it, and he was like, "The data oh, has shown behind it." Here we go. But Man City like oh. conceded less goals from corners last season because they stopped putting guys on the post. No, and therefore Guardiola just went. That's it. what's happening. I know he's not going to be listening in. He's not like. Well, no, I think it works. He doesn't. I think it works for Pep. Pep, I'm not having it. I think it works for the top level, but guy, because you simultaneously, it's not like you just go, don't put guys in the posts, and that will fix everything. You simultaneously (laughs) don't put guys in the posts and hold a line. And at the top level, you have the players good enough to do that. Whereas, maybe, maybe it's more it's more kind of schoolboy, or it's seen as yeah, more schoolboy Scot- in Scotland. So. The Scottish Premiership have looked at what Guardiola's done and was like, oh, so you just don't put men on the post and never concede corners. It's great. And they're missing that key aspect of it. Because, yeah, I can't believe they missed that. And then, as you said, Haring gives away a foul on the near side of the camera. And it's the simplest of free kicks it's just it's a great in. area yeah it is and is it Yakoviti is that who yeah, scored it is Alex Yakoviti yeah. yes absolutely it's the easiest goal he's going to score it's literally just a tap in and we're 1-0 down on the half hour mark because like I say it's in a great area and we just switch off 
And it's not as though County are like a wee team. You know, John White up front, he's not a prolific goal yeah. scorer, but he's a big boy, he's a handful. The centre halves, they have notable aerial threats, but maybe we're so focused on heading something out that we don't notice that Blair Spittle can yeah. whip one in fairly low and then he gets across his man and just pokes it past Gordon from, you know, a couple of yards. Um, I wonder what Liam Boyce thought of as soon as that went in and Barry yeah. Mackay simultaneously yeah. because they could must have been 2-0 up before yeah, that they must just both be thinking fuck me like we've wasted the two best chances that we've had this half and ugh. you know what makes it all the more annoying is that I said 2-1 on the pod I put 2-1 in my preview and had we taken one of those ugh. but then again had we taken both maybe we don't concede at all yeah Exactly, whole um, game changes. But speaking about annoying. them, it was only a few minutes later, six minutes later, that Barry Mackay, after not scoring in fucking eight hundred games for Hearts, he gets one, and the floodgates seem to have opened as Benny Brinkley does... syndrome. Like, yes, like, you exactly. know, wait, wait so long, and then ah, do you know what? I'll just score what I want now. That's great. Mackay does incredibly well on the near side. Gets past Conor Randall again, plays the ball into the box, it kind of pinballs, there's a big stramash in the middle, it ends up back at Barry Mackay, who just, it's not about placement or anything, he's like, I just need to hit this in the direction of the goal. Takes a slight deflection, but one all, and I'll be honest, I think, because fuck all happened in the second half except one moment. Terrible. I, I think, overall... We controlled the game. I saw somebody say at halftime we had seventy three percent possession or something like that. Bloody hell! Like it was it was crazy. But I think Ross County had the best chances, so I think a draw was quite a fair result. To be honest, we I think we were the better side, but they had easily the most clear cut chances. I'm uh, I'm quite glad that you said this because I got a, a wee bit of stick on Twitter for saying that it's not a bad result and that. If offered a point, we'd probably yeah, take it. I just because fair. of the run that Ross County were on. Like, they're very good. That's them now nine unbeaten at home. And I think their last loss was literally in the dying embers to Celtic, that yeah. Ralston header. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's not as though, and, you know, they're the league leaders. It's not as though it was easy for Celtic up in the Highlands by, by any manner of means. Rangers chucked it against them. Hips yeah. chucked it against them. Like, I think going up to Dingwall initially is a, tr- a tricky trip. I think the distance alone takes it out of some teams. Um, but the fact that, you know, we've got a couple players on the treatment table, it's not a must win by any stretch. Yeah, we'd like that little bit of momentum heading into back-to-back derbies. But as long as we don't lose, I don't really see how it can be taken negatively. We've got we've got not bad record up there, considering I think we were unbeaten in eight trips. Yep. Now nine. Um, so, do you know what? I, I'm calm. I, I know that the performance was pretty dominant. Ultimately, we'd like to see Hart score more goals, um, carve out more chances, create more opportunities. But sometimes, sometimes it just doesn't pan out like that for whatever reason. It's not as though we could have done much more to try and win the game. Um, so, to walk away with a point, is it is it really worth greeting about not not in my opinion I don't know if it's just maybe because I was there 
and it was the whole day. But I just had a great day. I didn't care if we got beat. So drawing after what was quite a good game overall, especially the first half, I was happy. And the fact that we could only name three senior subs, one of them yeah, was a like, goalkeeper. Like, I don't... Yeah, we're missing Suter, we're missing Devlin, we're missing Benny, we're missing GMS, who, before his injury was coming, in some form Smith, or form. Smith, Smith. Yeah, yeah, we're missing, like, like I, most players who would I start. Don't see, I don't see why everybody's raging. Like, everybody, these will be the same fans that reckon that third's already done. So... Like yeah, you what? can't have it both ways. Like, yeah. I'm very much like, like third's done, so I don't give a shit if we lose every game for the rest you know of the what season. I mean? Like, you're gaining two points, really, but for what? Because we're miles behind the old firm. Yeah, it's not like we're going to. Supposedly go miles ahead of everyone else. Like, we yeah. can't. We're stuck here. Yeah. What are you crying? Like, why are you crying? What? I don't get it. Some folk just moan for the sake of moaning. So, look, it's not. it's not the worst result. And it would have been nice to win the game. Then we could have been, you know, even clearer or further ahead. But so what? Like, like we're fourteen points clear with eighteen to play for. The big one is a week on Saturday. Talk to me. <laughs> uh, talk to me after that. A week on Saturday, and that's fine. We've got a one hundred percent record against that mob to maintain at Hampden Park. Please, Hearts, do not let us down in that. That's well, all I ask. The second half kind of came and went. We had a chance where Mackay went close. Halkett lost possession and they went close with Peyton. And then, unbelievably, this isn't in the Hearts TV highlights. I can't believe this. I don't understand. <laughs> I, what I didn't watch the fourth scene, but I'm assuming that it's not in their highlights package either. No, it is. They oh. actually make a massive. They don't. Oh, they well, show it good. initially and then they go back to it. And James oh, McFadden's wow. just like. He's the best thing in the world. <laughs> He's so excited. <laughs> that's because that's McFadden's the type of man to put like country over club in some instances as well, though. And they spoke like, about that a lot. Yeah, they were just he, like, yeah. He's oh, no, it was Jack Ross. Not James McFadden. Oh, it was Jack Jesus. Ross. Oh, God. Yeah, what am I talking about? But this entire day and trip was worth it for two moments. Seeing Haring with his headband, with his haircut, <laughs> And Definitely listen, not the scrappiest goal of all time. No, no, not at all. <laughs> Craig Gordon has made countless saves in his Hearts career that you would go, well, that's the best save of any other keeper's career. I genuinely believe this is up there in his top three saves ever, and it is easily the best double save, or just save in general, I have ever seen in person and will ever see, unless he just decides, oh, I'll just one-up it at some point. But you feel as though he might. Yeah, he could, because he's that he good. He A could. shot comes from the edge of the box. Gordon does well initially to get down and palm it onto the post. And then, every single Hearts fan around me had resigned ourselves to the fact, oh, for God's sake... 100%. You could and of hear all it. people, Ross Callahan. Yeah, Ross Callahan. <laughs> stab home. He had a couple chances, and I, he was I, desperate. He scored oh, against us. Absolutely, and I Very thought that this was net bound. You could hear the deflation, kind of <laughs> just the oh. as Callahan is three yards out. He has time to take a touch. The goal is weak. He could put it anywhere. He actually gets it slightly in the corner. And Gordon appears from nowhere and tips it around the post. 
we as a stand celebrated that more than the Barry Mackay goal. We were all... We, from that moment of it happening to when the ball got crossed in for the corner, we were all up applauding and cheering it. It was... I, I can't... But I've probably watched it between 20 and 30 times. Like... Uh, can the, I just say, Sky quoting Jordan Allen's tweet, or, yes. or name-dropping Jordan as well. Yeah. I'm yet to message him, but he'll feel mega after that. He'll feel Could, as big as the save. Yeah, exactly. I think the Laurie and Rob's commentary is great, particularly Rob. Rob's commentary is so good because he just kind of loses it, and he's just like, oh my god, he's the best thing ever. Could you, what was it like for you watching at home? My jaw dropped. I was genuinely in disbelief. I was thinking, how in God's name has he managed to save that? Oh, it's un- it's unbelievable. And then I, I had a load of mates that support other clubs get in touch, just be like, that is genuinely astonishing. That's when you know it's good because so many opposition fans have shared it being like, oh, this is ridiculous. Celtic fans bang on about Joe Hart as though... Craig Gordon's like their ex-bird that they're looking to get over. It's like, oh, come on. Oh, honestly, it is an, it's unbelievable. Don't know how he does it. Genu- genuinely astounded. And he sort of, when you watch him now, I just I just feel as though I'm taken back to like watching Hearts as a child. Like It genuinely yeah. brings back such nostalgia where you're so blissfully unaware of scores and games but you're like you're fully aware of how decent some players are he's just he's something else he really really is he's the best Scottish goalkeeper I've ever seen without a doubt and I know easily that there's like I know there's debates with kind of Scottish goalkeepers sort of of all time Mm mm-hmm there's no debate as far as I'm concerned. Craig Gordon is the greatest Scottish goalkeeper yeah. of all time. It's I fact. Agree. He's, I agree. We are so <laughs> we are so blessed that he is a jambo. It's it's insane. And it because insane. that was a game, it finished one all. However, a moment happened in it that speaking about taking ourselves back to our childhoods, a certain player made his debut that made me, Adam, and a lot of people feel incredibly old. We're old men, Adam, and we have to just accept it. So, speaking about being we and watching Craig Gordon, well, one of our first ever favourite Hearts players because of the age that we are is Andy Kirk, former striker. His most famous moment is probably on my fifth birthday scoring the first in the 5-1 game yeah, against The only Hibs. one that Mark DeVries did not. <laughs> Didn't score, yeah, exactly. And one of the best finishes on the day as well, the chip oh, is... Oh, great goal. It's, it's a brilliant finish. Scored my first ever Hearts goal, what I thought. Yeah, in t- 20 years of watching this club, and that man scored the very first. Well, you'll all know why, but if you don't know, the reason we're mentioning Andy Kirk is that Hearts put out a tweet in May 2004, Andy Kirk played his final game for Hearts and in his arms on the pitch alongside Craig Levine is his two-month-year-old son, Mackenzie. And on Saturday, in front of me, Mackenzie Kirk made his Heart of Midlothian debut. I have never seen a player so desperate to touch the ball. He just wanted to touch it so badly. Obviously, listen, delighted for him. We're hearing a lot of big things about him. 
I don't know if part of that is just because of the lineage. His dad's like such a hero Probably. for so many people. So it's like, oh, let's hope his son's really good as well and we can continue that into the next generation. But, yeah, Jesus Christ, we're old. That Gary was... O'Connor's son's made his debut for Hibs as well this season. Yeah, is it so Josh? it's just yeah. Josh, I think. I don't yeah. know. But yeah, we're old. That is sheer depression in it. Wow. <laughs> we are we are kicking on. Um I, I didn't know what to make of it, honestly. But yeah, sorry, the stat is and Craig Gordon played in both those that's, games. That's that's <laughs> baffling. I bet Craig Gordon feels old as well. Yeah. Um Yeah, that's just that's not great, is it? <laughs> that's really not. Oh dear. Interesting. I, I, I don't know what you want me to comment on this and say other than <laughs> other than I do feel like an old man. Um, no, that's it. That's all I want. I just wanted that as a statement. <laughs> moving on. Well, moving on to something that will probably definitely have you to have opinions on it. Ads. Oh, Jesus, I know what's coming here. It was a statement released by the SBFL today confirming that on the 19th of April... Scottish club was it the fourteenth of April? I can't. Sometime remember. in April. Sometime in April of that say, week. Yeah, I don't. I think it's the nineteenth. I decade. Basically, some point in April, all forty-two Scottish pyramid clubs will be voting for the introduction of VAR into the Scottish game. It requires seventy-five percent of the Premiership to vote for it, seventy-five percent of the Championship, and fifty-fifty for League One and League Two. So that's nine. 7, 5 and 5 from each league and yeah if it's introduced and this is where a lot of the talking point has come from, if it is voted on it will not be introduced at the start of next season it will be introduced after the break for the Qatar World Cup which means for the first half of the season there will be no VR but for the second half of the season there will be VR so before we get to that point, we've kind of avoided speaking about VR generally because it's never really come up within Hearts up until this moment properly. How do you feel about VR being introduced to Scottish football? Oh, I'm delighted. Can't, can't wait. Um, yeah, this is going to be great when all the major incidents will happen in the first, like, six months of the season yep. the, the World Cup will take place in Qatar and then it'll just die into nothingness after that um, and then everybody will wonder why on earth there was such a big hoo-ha um, I've always been full-time refs or full-time officials I should say over the introduction of video assisted refereeing I just I just get the impression it'll just be as big a shambles as it is like when you watch any English Premier League game and like the whole concept of it's great it should allow us to reach decisions that can go either way that you know in the past would have been um, dubious but it's just gonna be <laughs> it's just gonna be so poorly executed that it may just make Scottish football an even bigger laughing stock. Is is my thing. I just don't see how it's going to improve, if unless the standard of officiating improves. Like we were on about the around the grounds games there, how they can't spot that between what the referee. 
both linesmen and the fourth official at McDermott Park. Oh, come on! So we really think that numpties elsewhere. I mean, I'm assuming this is going to be in a neutral location, the kind of headquarters for it. Yeah. Is it at Hamden then? Or what? I don't know. I don't think it's been announced. No doubt, being Glasgow somewhere. Anyway. Oh yeah, it'll be in Glasgow. But yeah. like, I'm not looking forward to it, mate. I'm really not. It's so, my thing. But I know that you're massive on VAR. So, so the I love VR. <laughs> I love VR. Um, yeah, I've always been in favour of VR. I've always been in favour of it. Um, I agree with your point about how poorly it's managed. No. We oh. also, I agree with the point that we should also have professionalisation of refs and full-time refs. And I think that also should be a priority. It's evident that the SPFL and the SFA have decided that the priority is VR. I hope that once that comes in, the next step is to go, right, we now also need to introduce full-time refs as well, because I think that can only benefit it. Um, yeah, as I say, I've always made it clear that I'm in favour of VR. I can understand some of the complaints against it. I personally don't understand other complaints against it. Um, I take your point that, for example, there will be... Deci- Listen, VR will get stuff wrong. V- there will be times where VR gets stuff wrong against hearts and I'll be furious. But I think VR gets it right more times than it doesn't, but the focus is often put on the times when it doesn't. So... It's always people will focus more on the times it doesn't. So if in a game thirty times VR is used and twenty nine times people think yeah they got that right, but then the one time they get that wrong, people will go oh, see VR 100%. is not fit for use and stuff like that. I think, for example, the, the two things that come to mind from this past weekend are in the Hibs game and the St Johnston game. I think VR overturns the referee's decision both times. I think Livingston get a penalty. I think if a ref goes no, and looks don't. at that on the screen. I think he goes, or at least oh, you'd hope they'd shit. get a penalty. Yes, yes. If VR is used correctly, they would get a yes. penalty there. Yeah. And I believe Hibbs also get a penalty. If not get a penalty, I don't think Chris Mueller gets booked for diving. No. No, probably not. It, oh. It's just... I don't know. I'll tell you what else arcs with VAR. Is when you see it you see it in the FA Cup down south where in like the first few rounds because there's not non-league teams but teams of a lower stature yeah lower league teams if there's lower league teams that aren't equipped with VAR and they have a home tie against the big boy then VAR's not used but then you'll yeah, see yeah that's ridiculous bigger teams use it in the later yeah. rounds that irks me so I think that's fair would this be would this be premiership only or is this no, across I th- well, all four leagues? I think considering the fact that everybody's being asked, I think... And maybe Surely it's, then it's going to be implemented right across the board. Yeah. I don't know if it will initially be implemented right across the board. It might be for the first season see, it's this, trialled in the Prem. See, this is this is like a nonsense. Because what... Like, we've seen even our sort of Scottish Cup journey. Talbot obviously get to, what, the fourth round? Yeah. You can't imagine that Beechwood would be fitted with VAR. Yeah. Yet, I don't know, Fourth Bank and Stirling Albion might have it, but they, they'll they be out the cup. So yeah. surely it's got to be all over. I hope it is. I personally hope it is. I know that the, probably the main stumbling block to that will be the cost for clubs. Of course, because... but then will the SFA use... 
Like, could the SFA not do like a couple Scotland friendlies or something? And I think raise, the, I think the governing body should be just paying for it. Be like, yeah, shell it out on VAR at Borough Briggs because Elgin can't afford it. Yeah. Um. I also, I quite a clear thing. I don't. I don't understand how tribal the argument becomes. I feel like. People who don't want VR, some of them are like, they can't see any positives of VR. And then the people who are in favour of VR really strongly refuse to acknowledge any downsides to it as well. Like, I want VR done in the way it is done in international tournaments, it is done in the J-League, it is done in the A-League, the Bundesliga, Serie A. I want it like that. The English model changed when the... FA decided to bring in VR, they changed the way it operated and are only now getting back to the level where it where it's been at every other tournament. You often do for example, when the Euros was on, VR was used all the time and every single night you'd hear Alan Shearer go, Why can't it be like this in the Premier League? You'd hear Ian Wright go, This is exactly what we were promised with VR. Because that's so, the annoyance. We all want it to work. But I just have my doubts over whether the SFA, the SPFL, have have the correct sort of way to work, or the correct. I don't know. I don't know how organizational how skills. Yeah. To make sure it's all the right and tools to do their job. Yeah, yeah, and that's fair. I think there's a massive difference. That's my in, concern. I think there's a massive difference in that worry, which I think is a completely legitimate and valid concern. And listen. Over can, people just being going, no. Yeah, I don't, listen, don't want you can, people can have that view. Of course they can. People can be like, I never want VR to come in. I just personally disagree. I want VR to be in because I think it does make the game better when it works correctly. Yeah, and of course I think, it does. I think most places do. arced at a decision? Like, even, even if we take something trivial like, do you remember that time Hearts played Celtic at Tynecastle? And I think it's Stephen Elliott gets the final touch. Yeah. And he knocks it over the line. It's not given. Celtic go up and score. Mm-hmm. There's little instances like that where no matter who you support, you can instantly pin it to your club and you can wish for VAR to carry something out correctly so that that doesn't happen. Yeah. That's what we want. We want it to be carried out correctly. My doubt is that I don't believe the SPFL and the SFA can correctly carry it out. Well, but we'll see. We'll, we'll just need to wait and see what happens. This may be a completely null and void argument as clubs may not vote for it. We'll just have to see what happens. If Watch them I... do it one by one as well. It'll be I know. Like the Premiership yeah. for like a month. They'll yeah. trial it there. Then they might introduce it to the Championship because they've got the Friday slot. So they'll think. Actually, connecting it, connecting it to Hearts. Hearts were involved in the first trial of VR in Scotland this weekend at an under 14s uh, game. I did see that. An under 14s game. That makes sense though, because trial it at a level where there's not going to be really dubious decisions, it's probably going to be quite cut and dry situations. It just amuses the, me. The all. sentence itself <laughs> is like, of it's course, this is how we're doing ever. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But. It does. That's what gives me some hope. That it's like actually, when you think about it, that's quite a sensible way to start. Uh, yeah. Trialing it. Do you know what? I may be prepared to eat some humble pie. Sorry, SPFL and SFA, but we'll see. The, the jury's still out for me. We'll just need to wait and see. However, there is one more thing I want to talk about before we get to the previewing of oh, right, okay. this weekend's game because 
We haven't spoken about it yet. We've made notions towards it throughout this podcast. But we recorded early last week. So missed the official news that Benny Beningami is out for the rest of the season. And by all accounts is actually out for a decent chunk of next season. As he damaged his cruciate ligament. Next now, time Benny will be back, VAR will be introduced in Scotland. Exactly, yeah, there is a real chance of that. Now, I found out about this seven a week early from a source. However, oh. didn't, didn't want to believe it. <laughs> so it's just like... I'm la, delayed, la, 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 I'm la, delayed. La, la, did you get that from me? Thanks yeah, so I, couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't ruin you. But found it out, hoped it was wrong. Unfortunately, it was not wrong. And it means that potentially we are going to be missing both Benny and Devlin for this double header. Well, we're definitely missing Benny, obviously. But, I mean, for this double header of derbies, we could be missing our two best midfielders. I'll come to you because, as it's been made very clear, we both love both Devlin and Benny. We're both huge fans. However, I'm more team Devlin, you're more team Benny. So I was gutted. But I was worried that you were going to do something really dangerous when you saw this news. How did you react? Oh, I was in class. That was one of Oh, that's so much worse! And then we literally went to a break and I was just fucking, sort of, fucking the phone. Just, you know when you sort of press power up and then you just see your notifications? Like, I'm subscribed to a shitload of newspapers because it mm-hmm. helps, like, with injuries and whatever and knowing who's available and whatnot. And of course, hearts pop up because I control the Perth to Paisley account and get hearts notifications. And I saw that my dad had messaged me and whatever, so I was just like, oh, this can't be good. I was legitimately devastated. Thankfully, like most of the class had just vacated to go and get a coffee or something. And I just sat there. <laughs> you could have a breakdown. Uh, yeah. I just sat there and I just felt my head live, like just make its way towards the desk and just, oh. No. So it's the most hearts thing. I can't. But I, that's that's a point because I don't really know of other opposition clubs having this. Obviously, Hedgel just had it with Nesbit, where he's had a really bad injury. But we've had three back to back essentially because Haring it happened to, then Suter, and now Benny, like. They are often rare career-ending injuries for people. And we just seem to have one every season. Why? And why Why did we go so long without an injury and then the gods just look down upon detonated. us? Yeah, and give us some bad ones. It's as if God was looking at Scottish football and was like, right, they've had enough injuries. And it got to February and he went, oh, fuck, hearts exist. Oh shit! Right, I've got to get my, I've got to get my seasons one. <laughs> the big man's been distributing them out, and he's, he's gone. Well, Hearts have practically secured that anyway. Let's just, let's just insert some injuries for the patter. We'd fallen under the table, oh. and he only found us at Easter, and was like, "Oh shit!" Right, oh, I've got to kind of oh. make sure they're fucked as well. I literally, oh, I was devastated. I love him so much. I was genuinely, and that's. Broken. I'll be honest, right? Obviously, gutted for semi-final, the derby, the rest of the season. I'm gutted for him because he's yeah. been in the shout for player of the season, been in the shout for signing of the season. He deserved to be playing the Scottish Cup semi-final, potentially final. He deserved to be playing in Europe. That was the injury that he'd acquired previously. 
Yeah. Because otherwise he would have been, you know, rightfully within the contenders. I even think they'd be up there for a premiership team of the season had it yeah. not been for the injuries that he sustained, you know? So the European one's a big thing for me. That must yeah. just kill you. It's going. However, the one silver lining of this, I guess, is that it's probably opened the door for this new hiring deal, which obviously that's not going to help Benny at all. But as a fan base, we can go, well, it's probably kept hiring around if he ends up signing. But we don't want Big Pete getting complacent and no, just believing that the place is his. I don't think he will because I don't think Robbie's, he's that type either. I just, absolutely. You know. Yeah, as a guy, I don't think he is. But Robbie's made it very clear. That it's like, if we get third and beat Hibs in the semi-final... We're guaranteed group C European football. That opens up a new level oh, without, of player without, that we can attract. Without a doubt. And, yeah, I, I wonder exactly how Peter Haring's mind has changed and his agent's mind has changed with Barry Beningame's injury. Even, even if the deal that we've offered, if he alters that somewhat and says, do you know what, I'll give Hearts, like, another year, whereas we might want two or three I'd mm. love to know sort of the ins and outs of how yeah. this all like happens now what Big Pete's thinking process is what the agent's thinking process is are hearts even prepared to only let him sign on for a year and look for somebody else instead yeah. all these sort of um, these sort of factors within something like as heartbreaking as Benny Beningame getting injured is it makes the whole situation so much more interesting but I don't know. I, I I couldn't call. You know what's going to happen. I, just that hope that Big Pete can take the chance that he's been presented with. Um, and if he doesn't want to sign, then he doesn't want to sign. But that's cool. And hopefully we've got you know alternatives lined up. But like you say, with that whole European, I mean, it's not even just for a potential Peter Haring replacement. It's for other positions that we'll most likely need in the summer. A centre-forward, you'd have thought, somebody on the other flank that's as good as Barry Mackay to complement both Mackay and our sole striker, or Liam Boyce as well. Um, you want another right-back. We'll obviously need a centre-half for John Souter, mm. although there's potentially plans to put Civic back there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Going to be interesting, um, but... Guide for Benny and just hope that Big Pedro can replicate his, his Saturday performance on a more consistent basis, definitely. Well, hopefully he does it this coming Saturday. As as I said in the intro, the dress rehearsal for the bigger derby, however, it's still a derby, but it's very much one that doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. From well, a heart's persuasion. It's still a big one. Like It would be funny to consign Hibs to bottom six as well. well Let's not kid ourselves. That's the thing. So... <laughs> The Hebs permutations travel, have lined up here. Yeah. Hebs travel to Tynecastle on Saturday knowing that if they get beat, they're probably not getting top six. And they know that they have to do so without Ryan Porteous. They also have no, like, basically no real striker as apparently Doy just picked up a niggle but should be fit but doesn't know how fit he'll be for Saturday. We are obviously in a similar situation with injuries. I think this derby will the will be officially titled for a heart's persuasion. Don't get hurt. <laughs> this is a. It's a don't get hurt, don't get beat. 
try and gain some momentum or keep the unbeaten run alive yeah I, it, it would just be funny if, if we won it would be very funny him. because the last time there was a derby where one team could consign the other to yes. a situation <laughs> it was on the other foot we all know how that petered out Yes, so hopefully, similar. Obviously, it's not as serious as that potential no. situation, but I mean, St Johnston are doing really well. So if Hibs get bomb six, who knows what could happen? I'm just looking at the table there. St Johnston must be kicking themselves. Like they're ten points behind Dundee United in fourth now. Where the hell has this come from? Like they yeah. obviously can't. They can't get out the bottom six, but even yeah. then, like. County, who currently occupies seventh, St Johnston are only seven points behind them. Mm-hmm. There's a real chance yeah. St Johnston could drag, particularly Aberdeen and St Mirren, into that playoff. St Mirren, I think, given they've only won one seventh so, seven under so, Robinson, I know. So, by the way, I by know, the way, I was waiting on this. Did you did you hear his post match? <laughs> yes, I did, and it's going you, exactly oh, how I thought what it was do you going make to of go. That? Imagine saying to players who you've got seven gate no six games left in six your league season, though. where there is a chance you could be brought into a playoff position if you can, if there's everything a, continues the way. They could like very slimly not keep their top six hopes alive, but like it's not mathematically impossible. Yeah, exactly. It's mental. There's, there's so many things you need to keep these players on side for. And coming out when you've only been in the job for less than a month and going, most of these players are shite. They don't want to be here. I just need to get through this season until I can replace them all. I said when Jim Goodwin left, Jim Goodwin is a better manager than St Mirren are a team. And the only reason St Mirren were where they were is because Jim Goodwin was a manager. And since then, St Mirren have just dropped like a fucking stone. And I've been proven right. So hopefully I'll be proven right this weekend. Because I think... Well, not hopefully. I just think it'll be funny. I think it's going to be the worst game ever again. I think it's going to be another draw. I just and think both teams are too cagey. league nil-nil. <laughs> that's what I well think it is. Scrapping the Edinburgh Derby. I think that's what it is. I think it's going to be nil-nil. Because I think everybody's waiting for Hamden. For it to be mental. And that'll be like 3-2. Or something ridiculous. I don't want to sound ridiculously obvious but I would fucking love if we pumped them proper because it would be amazing it's been a good while since we gave them however it would be awful if we beat them like 5-0 then they they, they beat us 1-0 at Hamden oh of course but look I'm sure Robbie will be saying the classic classic football manager cliche game at a time lads just take it week, week by week I don't think Robbie will I not? disagree. I don't think Nielsen's. I think Nielsen to the press has been since that draw has been made. I think Nielsen to the press and generally has been like, listen, don't worry, we're focusing on Livingston, then Ross County, then we get to the derbies. I think as soon as that fucking draw was made, he was like, we've got third lads. Fuck Ross County, fuck Livingston. We need to beat them twice. How, if we don't beat them twice, <laughs> the season's bust. How unprofessional that a manager just effectively sacks off the league campaign. <laughs> <laughs> in all, in all favour of one tie. 
but I fully support it. I want him in oh, that no. dressing room going, 100%. the season doesn't matter, these two games matter. If everybody's been mouthing off about how third's done, then they're well within their rights, because we yeah. can't... We, I, I, I cannot stress this enough. We cannot get beat at Hamden today. <laughs> not not now. Not ever, but especially not now. I can't hide it. I love how we're doing that thing that we said we wouldn't do, and we're just ignoring this weekend's derby. But we need to focus it. Forget Hamden. It's like when Ryan McGill was talking about, like, Paolo Sergio in the lead-up <laughs> to the 2012 final. He's like, yeah, one game, this is the most important game. Dress rehearsal. There's Gary Lott behind him, like, no. Fight this! These bastards. Right. What is your score prediction? Uh, 4 nil hearts. Okay. <laughs> Who's your goal scorer? <laughs> this is getting it's clipped. <laughs> this is getting clipped. Yeah. High hip stock. High yeah, down the slope. Exactly. <laughs> Um, no. Look, I, I, I'm confident. I'm confident heading into this. I'll, I'll say, uh, can't, it can't end nil nil again. It can't. <laughs> Please find your shooting boots. I beg. I don't even care what we're working on during the week. Attacking. That's that's all I want. Shooting from the minute you get into training till the minute you leave. And defending set pieces. And defending set pieces. That's it. Just give Craigie G that goal and just let him just let everybody shoot into him all session. No! Give let them shoot into Ross Stewart so their confidence goes up because they're scoring all the time. That's get that happening. Yeah. Two zip. Two zip parts. Who's your goal scorers? I realised that was nowhere near it at the weekend <laughs> well um, that's not true you were only a goal off and we missed a penalty so no, you were know, almost but, spot but on but I think I said Sims and oh, aye, Sims aye. And... I might have I said s- Mackay I, can't I remember. think you did say Mackay uh... oh. Oh. <laughs> I don't know uh, Halkett and Boyce will make up for his sitter in the Highlands. <laughs> oh no! Why have I said that? You? Oh, you, you're obviously I'm going back no goal scorer. I'm going nil nil. Just nobody get hurt. I, I don't know if Robbie will bench people. I think Robbie will be like, I need to beat them twice. I was going to say, what, what are you thinking in terms of selection? I think he'll go the same team that he started against Ross County. Apart from. I think he'll start Atkinson over Civic if Atkinson's back. Civic, mm. we didn't mention it by the way, but Civic, neither of which were in Hearts TV's highlights, but Civic kept that game one all twice when it was two incredible tackles from behind in the box to save and us that game. And the boys block was excellent as well. Yeah, the boys block was it. fantastic. So Civic, did, I thought Civic had a dodgy first half, but I thought he had a really good second half. And like, like we said, kept kept Charles Cook quiet um, yeah yeah. it'd be probably harsh for him to be dropped but I think Robbie will want Atkinson back in if he's fit oh god this is horrible it's not it's not going to be as horrible as next week but it's still good no this is still like I am kind of just now because we're a few days away kind of being like listen just don't get hurt on Friday night I'm going to be like if we get beat it's the worst thing in the world even though it doesn't mean anything no I know I know it, can I just say as well, three o'clock on a Saturday. I'm buzzing. First time in about 16 years. And it's not on telly, St Mirren Rangers is. 
Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, obviously, with the three p.m. on a Saturday, it's not televised. What a great TV deal that we got off organisations whom we would never criticise. No, not at all. But yeah, thank you very much for listening. It's going to be a fun week counting down for fun the then Fortnite. seven days. Yeah, go. I was going to say yeah, the fun week counting down for the fortnight. However, we hope you have enjoyed this episode. Oh, I'm too scared. Anyway, we'll see you next week. If you have enjoyed, please leave a like, subscribe and comment if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're just listening to this, please leave a review or anything like that on your podcast platform of choice. It massively helps us. We're at Perth to Paisley on all forms of social media. You can also get us on the email, Paisley at gmail.com. Adam, where can they get you on social media? You can get me on all the socials at Adam T. Kendall. And what about yourself, mate? I'm at dmciver22. We will be back next week to review the Edinburgh Derby and preview the Edinburgh Derby. <laughs> it's going to be the bottom six by then. Exactly. It's going to be an interesting episode. We will see you then. Bye bye. Come on, us! <laughs> <laughs>